Welcome to the Hockey is for Everybody podcast. I am your host, Anthony Walsh, and I'm here with uh, Kendall Bullen-Porter and our amazing guest, James Toussaint. Kendall, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here again. James, how you doing? Good, good. Thank you all for inviting me. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, just uh, before we start here, I want to give a quick shout out to Tony Scott and uh, to Peter from Youth Hockey Hub, and uh, good luck this uh, tournament with the pumpkin tournament down in Rochester. So, very cool stuff there, and uh, we look very forward to seeing how that turns out. We also have a couple of a cool uh, Skate for Free opportunities on November 5th. We have the Minneapolis Storm, and that's out of a Parade Ice Arena. And on November 5th as well, we have the Minneapolis Titans out of Northeast Arena in the North Common Pullers at North Commons Park in the Richfield uh, Skate to Free event. So go ahead there, and uh, you can get some hockey gear and everything like that. So we look forward to, uh, you know, getting the numbers up. So really quick here as well, we want to talk about uh, this cool event that happened where uh, there's a few ECHL coaches, uh, Jason Payne with the Cincinnati Cyclones and Joel Martin of the Kalamazoo Wings were the two first two black coaches in uh, North American men's pro hockey to face off against each other. So really cool thing there. And I just want to kind of ask our guest and Kendall what, what they think about that and how that makes them, uh, you know, feel with representation and what that means maybe for the sport of hockey. Yeah, I think it's a huge deal, uh, you know, to see, you know, two – people of color and, you know, in a higher position, you know, coaching against each other, it, you know, it gives people something to look up for, like you said, representation. So, you know, uh, we need more of that. And, you know, this is a you know groundbreaking step stone for that. But uh, it's a huge deal. I think uh, coaches, we need more coaches, you know, in hockey uh, for kids to look up to. It just, you know, entices kids, you know, they have someone to relate to. And, you know, they obviously got the jobs because they know what they're doing. So, you know, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's awesome to see that representation and also, like, it's an, it's truly inspiring. Like, you know, as as a youth, you want to see more representation on the ice because that's just going to draw more people. And, like, I just, yeah, that story is truly, uh, truly amazing. I I'm surprised, like, that's not on ESPN or something because, like, I'm just hearing it right when I walked in the door with you guys. But, I mean, that's awesome. You know, us as three black men get to see that. Like, I'm going to shed a tear later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we can definitely get to a little bit of crying later. I also want to give a shout-out to Danny Downs, who gave a 50-book donation to the Hockey's for Everybody uh, scholarship and anti-bullying workshop. And, uh, thank you, Danny. I also want to shout out the Schwartz Law Firm as well for giving a 25-book donation to these classrooms. So your donation uh, includes a shout-out, and it also allows for every kid in the classroom to go home with a book on that workshop. So we're going to get to a great show here. I can't wait to have uh, James here. So thank you so much for being here, and we can't wait to have the show. I can do what I wanna and make you a believer. Here you say I. From stadium in the street corner, I make you a believer. Make you say I. And I can do what I wanna. And I can do what I wanna. And I can do what I wanna. Make you a believer. Here you say I. That little kid get a pass. He do it on the James, thank you so much for being here. Uh, so just really quick here, uh, we want to talk to 
talk to you about uh, your name. Your name is James Toussaint, and uh, I'm a history guy here, so I had to immediately think of Toussaint Overture in the Haitian Revolution. So, I mean, maybe tell me a little bit about your name. If it's not, you know, having to do with that, I apologize. But, yeah, maybe kind of get into that for us. So how I even got my name is kind of a crazy story. Um, growing up in Dynamites, you know, and, like, in my household, I, I felt like I've had the name Paco before anything else. Like, even when I was born, um, maybe my mom thought Paco meant James in Spanish, but that's, that's incorrect. I love you, Mom. But, uh, um, yeah, in the household and through Dynamites, everybody called me Paco. So, like, you know, in, like, in school, everybody called me James. So it was kind of like, you know, I have these two different, you know, things or people who called me Paco really knew knew me best and everything. But um, I didn't, I didn't change, I changed my name Toussaint um, after we got married in 2017 uh, to my wife, Ashley. Um I, Tucson is on my dad's side. Um, so, you know, my dad's family, my dad's uh, grandfather, and so on. So many relatives, uh, so many Tucson's out there in the world. Um, but, yeah, uh, when I was young, my dad told me, because I grew up James Earl Ray Fields. Um, so I didn't have my mom or my dad's last name. Um, my dad used to tell me all the time, uh, boy, you know we got to change that last name of yours, right? So, you know, eventually right when we got married a couple of years ago, um, we thought that was an excellent opportunity to do that. And, you know, now we have a son, Jeremiah James Toussaint. And, uh, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a definitely, definitely a history buff too. Um, I love history, love researching documentaries and everything like that. Um, so it was fun, like learning about Toussaint Louverture and his life and his legacy and everything. And, I I definitely still need to do some digging of like how exactly we're related, but I I think it's definitely it comes from my dad's side of the family. That's yeah, awesome. very cool. And just James Earl Ray, do you know? Is that what you had to change your name? You know, uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that has to do with like the assassination of Martin Luther King and everything. I I I don't that that's no relation, <laughs> but um, I'm named after who. They, my mom thought my dad was at the time. Okay. My mom and dad were never really together, um, you know. So, it, it, comically, I'm a one night stand baby. But you know, <laughs> well, aren't we God, all? God yeah, yeah. Blessing <laughs> out of it all. Yeah, know. me as well, brother. Me as well. Coach <laughs> Kendall. Yeah. So, uh, where'd you, you know, grow up in the cities, and what was kind of your upbringing? Yeah, um, I grew up in Southside, Minneapolis. You know, near um, like Portland Avenue or near. Um, Central neighborhood, Powderhorn. Um, every time I'm in Minneapolis, Southside, like it just feels like home. Like from the trees to all the just you know Powderhorn and the neighborhoods and the neighbors. Um, you know, we did some moving around, but you know, Southside Minneapolis is definitely um, a huge chunk of you know home and everything. Right. Southside. So, tell us a little bit about then how you ended up at St. Louis Park and. How you got into hockey and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So early 2000s, um, around the time the Wild got started, <laughs> um, 2000, 2001, that was my first year playing hockey um, for the Dynamites. Maybe like in the late 90s, I went to a game at Parade, and that was my step cousin's. Um, yeah, that was my step cousin's game. He was an original Dynamite. So that was like a Bantam game happening at Parade. And I was like, oh, mom, I want to try that. Um, in the late 90s, you know, I was like five, six, seven years old. I did karate. 
Um, I, I was two belts away from the black. I ended up quitting karate to play hockey, so that didn't make my mom too happy. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, just joining hockey and from all my mentors and teammates, like, you know, we've got to go on trips and everything. So just Dynamite's definitely opened up a bunch of doors of experiences and opportunities. Um, I grew up playing squirts, peewees. Um, and then when I got to high school, that's my connection with St. Louis Park. Um, you know, we moved to St. Louis Park summer of eighth grade, something like that. So um, once I got into high school and like ninth, tenth grade, I started to focus more on playing football. Um, I did try out for St. Louis Park, but I got cut. Um, I should have stuck with it because um, they didn't make any cuts like junior and senior year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but, you know, so many friends at St. Louis Park, whether if they were like Jewish, white, black, just whole, whole demographic. I felt like around that time, everybody was just like, you know, loving each other. Like there was nothing like the class of 2009. Um, I was the homecoming king in 2009. And that was just like being friends with so many different people and just being like a positive energy, positive person. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. It was definitely a fun bring up. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, what, what was that kind of one thing you, you kind of mentioned going to a game, but did you always know, like, you know, once you started hockey, there's something, you know, you wanted to be connected with for a long time? Yeah. Cause it was like different. That's what drew me to hockey. Cause it was different. I, I really, I was a fan of basketball. I was too scared to play baseball, but you know, I, it was something different that I wanted to do. And I felt like, you know, I was kind of different. You just wanted to try something different. Um, and like, didn't even think that like black people don't play hockey or, you know, right. like I did get teased here and there, you know, who hasn't right. when they're a person of color <laughs> um, trying to play hockey. But when you get good at it, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yep. you know, you're, it's like gold. Yep. Uh, that was kind of what I was going to ask next. Did you kind of experience that? Cause you know, I grew up in the city. Everyone was <laughs> baseball or basketball, you know, uh, norm, you know, what they call normal sports for right. black people, I guess you could <laughs> say, but yeah, I got that a lot. Oh, like black people don't play hockey. Why, why are you for playing real? hockey? But yeah, I think that's, I think it's a funny stigma and one that we're kind of, you know, that's the goal for us is kind of get rid of that stigma. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's the whole p premise of this. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How did you guys fight through some of that stuff? And, uh, you know, from my, my experience as well, you know, I had that where, right, you know, why are you playing that? Or, you know, that's a sport for white people or for wealthy people. or And then obviously as well, the kind of uh, discrimination sometimes that we yeah. face. So, you know, if it's not as overt as somebody calling us the N-word, right, it might be like, oh, you don't belong here, or the stairs at the rink, or, oh, why aren't you playing basketball, or the court's over there, or, you know, oh, you'd make a good running back. You know, just like stuff, right? I mean, anything like that where somebody might, oh, I wasn't being racist. Uh, uh, you know, really, are you going up to John and – Mm -hmm. You know, slender man with no melanin asking him, you know, why he's not playing football? Probably not. So, you know, at the end of the day, right, some people might also mean well, but, um, you know, intent and impact is a lot different. So, yeah, how do you kind of, uh, how have you dealt with that over the years? With Dynamites also being faith-based, it, it, it definitely, like, helped us to just persevere through hardship, you know? Like, just, just it made us want to get better. Um especially the teammates I grew up having, because I was, like, never the best on my team. Um, our teammates, like, gave a darn a lot. Like, I know we had white coaches and stuff, but, like, our, our teammates, like, a whole bunch of different shades, they just cared so much, you know? Like, 
but that's that's just how we did. We just had to persevere and just work hard through all of that. Get up, just put your head down. Not really giving people like you know somebody trying to get you out your game, say something to you, um, and they want a reaction from you. You know, so it's yeah. I don't know. You're like yeah. you get it from the other side, but then you also get it from your own. Yeah, you know, people. But honestly, you know. Just per- put my head down and persevere. Pos- yeah. Power of positivity, right? And on the ice, right? If you retaliate, um, you know, you get that penalty, and then some. You know, people see, see, yeah, you see, know. up, and then right, and that monolith effect. effect. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly, and um, you know, just how how strange that is, but also how how much that kind of boxes you in, and like you really are on a team, right? You're sitting there like, oh my god, I'm on a team. I want to make sure our team wins. We want to be successful, but. Here I am being the only person now because really we are almost always the only people of color on our team now being targeted for something that it's an an amenable trait. I have no control over all that kind of stuff. And um, if I don't respond, well, then, you know, I'm that guy that just allows that stuff to happen. And they're going to think that they can continue to do that. If I do respond, I am the problematic, you know, black man that is now aggressive and Mm -hmm. I can no longer be taken on a team or something because, oh, we can't, you know, like. They're going to say that to Walsh and he's going to respond. And, you know, so uh, you ever find yourself like, let's say you're the only black person in the building on the team and everything like you ever find yourself feeling like you're you're representing like you're, you're playing more than just yourself at times and everything. Like, even though that may not be the case, like in your scenario, in your personal life, but in, in the bigger scheme of things, you ever find yourself kind of in the back of your mind thinking that I would say so. I, th- I think, uh, you know, my parents you know, shout out to them. They they were kind of big on, you know, representation and being the best, you know, version of yourself because, you know, people are looking at you and seeing, you know, how you react to things and doing that. So my dad would always preach to me, like, you know, and I, I remember early on people said something and I took the approach of, you know, slashing them or, you know, retaliating yep. that way. yeah. And of course, you know, I got sent off. <laughs> yeah. I got got sent to the box or whatever. Oh my god! My, you know, I remember after you know one game, my dad was like, you know, that's what they wanted you to do, you know. And uh, from then on, he was like, how you get them back is being better than them. Yeah. So from then on, I, you know, that's my training. Everything I took, you know, ten times, you know, more serious. And anytime I went against someone and said. You know, they said something to me. I made sure I scored that game, yeah. got assist, or made their life hard on the ice. You know, <laughs> you know without you know going crossing the line. So I think you know that's something for kids even coming up now. You know, if you know people, people are there's always going to be a couple knuckleheads on the ice that are going to you know say something or whatever. But you know, use that against them in a good way. You know, work harder, be better than them, and they can't say much. You know, if you're scoring. That'll hurt them more than you, you know, getting sent off. Because that, that's what they want you to do. So Yeah. yeah. That's what Frank Sinatra said, the best revenge is massive success, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's the way to go, you know. Um, and, like, you make that great point, you know, at the end of the day. And that's why, you know, Jackie Robinson effect works so well as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this you know, this man came in and took out everything and then was still, you know, one of the best, if not the best players in the league. And then we had, you know, a chance as a group of people to then come in and follow. And we had, you know, your Hank Aarons and you had your um, – uh, Willie Mays and you know etc and just incredible Bo Jackson right all these incredible athletes and then now you know right it's just a baseball is a sport that everybody plays right. so you know right. and that is like as Kendall had mentioned earlier right that's the idea here with hockey is eventually it just should be a sport that that we all can play um, <laughs> you mentioned also getting I think about that 
a time in our, uh, we were in the tournament up north, and this guy got hit by somebody else on our team. And I re- the reason I'm bringing this up is I wrote it, like, I wrote it down for a class assignment when I was, yeah. you know, in eighth grade after it happened. I was, you know, traumatized enough about it. And um, my teammate hit this guy in the hockey, right? He went down, and, like, the bench was like, oh, like, this and that. It was right in front of our bench. The guy gets up, looks right at me, and he's like, shut up, Blackie. And it was just <laughs> kind of like, you know, like, right, and it's like, you know, not, you know, but, you know, but Blackie, right, it was very uh, charged towards me and the way I looked, all these kind of things, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, that was just one of those things where, like, I, you know, I still remember that to this day. I remember, um, you know, on the ice, this guy, uh, you know, told me to go back to the basketball court, and then, like, I hit him legally back, like, you know, later down in the game, and, you know, and I looked at him and, you know, said something about basketball at the time, and it's like, <laughs> all right, man, you know, like, like, this is why I'm not playing, you know, you go back to the basketball court or something, exactly. you know, right, and then stuff with, like, bananas and all this and that, right, like, it, it was, you know, it was always, you were getting something, whether it was this or that, so, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that you kind of brought that up, you know, we haven't always brought that up on the show, but it's, uh, you know, that's the elephant in the room always, you know, when you're, uh, when you're a black person in the rink, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, the stairs, and, you know, whether or not, again, you're getting stuff, you can sometimes, you know, always feel like, uh, like, you know, like you said, you gotta perform, you know, you gotta, you know, the spotlight's on you, so whether you like it or not, you are a representer of, of, you know, when you're in white spaces as a black person for the rest of your race, and, right. you know, whether you, again, you like it or not, like, that is how it's perceived, so. I'm not feel I'm not, so, you know, we're all coaches, um, you know, so, like, if, if I'm bringing the dynamites to our hockey game, you know, it, we're, we're playing in Minnesota Hockey District mm-hmm. 1, so the competition is a little better than, like, Park Board. Right. You know, no, yeah. no offense to, like, yeah, Park no, Board or anything. Yeah, no, um, yeah. It's definitely a step up. Yeah. And, like, we yeah. found ourselves, you know, losing every game. Mm-hmm. And, like, these our kids work super hard, you know. They're not losers. They're not, like, anything negative, especially, like, sometimes if they – negatively inflict that on themselves. Like, oh, we're going to get in the van and be like, oh, we're going to lose today. It's like, no, guys, like believe in yourself and have confidence. But when I bring them to their games and stuff, it's not as overtly, but like I still sometimes feel like, you know, people like all eyes on us. Like sometimes it's like, yeah, it's the dynamite, you know, hey, okay. And people love what we're doing. And sometimes, you know, just deep down, if I'm thinking about it too much, maybe it's like, People thinking, oh, the circus is in town, or yeah. It's like I want these guys to just every time yeah. we show up, do yeah. your best, give it your all, and like, just have confidence in yourself. You never know, like the puck can bounce in our favor, oh and God. we can win a game. You Brother know? James, it's been done before. Yes, I. That's crazy that you're you're saying that. Um, I'm not familiar with this team, the Panthers, that had come to town with. There's these black hockey mommies from California. They had put together a group. There was a bunch of young gentlemen, um, high school age, from all over the country, and mm-hmm. we came and played in Richfield and. It was just, you know, great experience, but at the end of the day as well, like, you know, there was always these looks. We had some interesting, um, you know, uh, interactions with people in the rink and all these kind of things, and, like, you were kind of saying, it's just that, like, oh, the circus is in town, you know, when it's funny because every other team is going to be an all-white team, right? Mm-hmm. Yet, like, an all-black team is somehow, like, the circus is in town, you know, and that's kind of like, so, uh, yeah, as you're bringing all that up, I I just couldn't agree more that, you know, we are still in this, you know, we are in a post um, slavery, we're post Jim Crow, we're post um, George Floyd, all this kind of stuff. But even when we're still walking into the rink today, there is still that, you know, that little bit of a wall of division, that elephant in the room of like, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, like the black folk are in the ring. So, um, yeah, I do wonder, you know, I'm talking maybe a little bit about that with change and, and whatnot later. Um, but yeah, and then, so right, you graduated and um, what what did you kind of do after, after college or after school? And then um, how did you end up with the Dynamites? College was really my 
longest time without dynamites or without uh-huh. being at dynamites, you know, when, so after I got too old to play with dynamites, when I went to high school and stuff, I focused on high school and playing football and everything. Um, still would come back, serve here and there, um, learn to skate or something like that. But, um, went to college in North Dakota, two year school, North Dakota state school of science, um, play football. Um, I, I think, you know, it was my dream to be professional football players until it couldn't happen anymore. Um, I didn't do my thing in the classroom. So, you know, lesson to everybody, treat it like business, do your thing in the classroom. Um, cause it would definitely help you on the field too. Um, after, after college was over, came back into town. Um, and you know, my, my boss, who's the executive director, Scott Harmon, yeah. shout out to Scott Harmon. Um, his first year playing or his first year coaching Dynamites, that was my first year playing. Okay. So, oh, yeah. You know, around oh. like, I, I want to say 2012, 2013, something like that. Yeah. I, I probably got the dates wrong, but he oh. became executive director after our founder, John Foley, left to pursue, you know, pastor to be a pastor and everything mm-hmm. shout out to john foley too. yeah absolutely the I kids be, yeah. I be, I be, i've been <laughs> telling stories about john foley and the kids like did he is he alive like, oh yeah, my yeah, God. He's still alive. that is actually <laughs> funny like i have kind of wondered because like i knew we'll talk about that a little bit later but yeah john okay he's alive and well <laughs> yes shout uh, out john yeah. foley great guy <laughs> so you know just basically after college came back um scott offered me the job i think i didn't start on staff with dynamites until the summer June of 2012, and I've been there ever since. Okay, wow, that's amazing. And like, uh, what kind of growth, you know, have you seen with the program then since? Tremendous, you know, numbers for sure. Right now, you know, we have about 30 mites signed up. Um, wow, that's amazing. You know, that and that's after the pandemic. Yeah. Um, wow. But just the growth, the growth on staff. Um, the characters we have on staff are also alumni and also diverse men, women kids that who are like they're just a couple years younger than me but these are some of my best friends um and like just everything outside of dynamites our relationships with the minnesota wild just every time you turn around somebody wants to donate equipment or you know do a hockey drive for us equipment drive and just tremendously um you know we have we still have three 15 passenger vans so we're still picking up kids in the neighborhood um you know, my our my position and the people on staff with me, our position have somewhat elevated. So, like, we now have two sites, um, one one team, one Mites team in St. Paul that practice at Tria Rink. Okay. Um, St. Paul Dynamites, and, you know, we're still doing our thing in Minneapolis. Um, so I got elevated to being the Minneapolis site leader. Um, Congratulations. For, for Minneapolis yeah. side. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah, yeah. That's um, so cool. And then you talked about donating. Um, didn't you just donate stuff to Mongolia? Yes, sir. We did. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Man, I mean, F, so just one day in the staff meeting, like during the summer or something, you know, our boss, Scott Harmon, was like, hey, we're going to, you know, I know a lot of people donate equipment to us, and it can be somewhat of a hassle sometimes to sort and throw away garbage, which sometimes the last resort of hockey equipment. Like, if none of our kids can use it, nobody can use it. Let's just toss it. But, um, <laughs> This drive just, like, organically started, I think, also with the Hendrickson, not the Hendrickson Foundation, but um, there's a guy named um, Eric Hendrickson from Tradition Mortgage, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, His team was really behind it also. They helped us, just the outreach. People just kept donating hockey equipment. And, um, yeah, out in Mongolia, um, you know, they're they're working on starting, like, youth hockey and everything. So That's we didn't crazy. give them completely garbage equipment either. So it's like we gave them equipment that was also suitable for them. 
Um, and it was awesome. Um, you know, throughout the spring, this past spring and summer, um, donated a whole bunch of equipment. And it, it I think it just got shipped a couple of weeks ago. Wow. So we, we kept it in the storage room at Trier Rink in St. Paul and um, about half of the room in the basement was filled <laughs> with equipment for them. That's crazy. Amazing. I've never heard of, uh, you know, hockey in Mon- Mongolia. Do they, do they have a rink? Do you know about that? I, I still got some more research to see. Yeah. Um, we definitely did play a video at our at our fundraiser. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, I I believe they'll have access to a rink somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. So I know that yeah. the Friendship League, which is like another thing that kind of does, they like send stuff to Mongolia, Cambodia, mm-hmm. uh, Kenya, Indonesia. Um, Scott Howe, who is the guy um, that runs it, is up in the Arctic right now running it. You know, for a camp, they're talking about running polar bears out of town and all this kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this oh, guy's goodness. all over the place, you That's know, crazy. so super cool. They're going to have an event in um, Mexico, Mexico City here soon as well, so on, in June um, of this year, so next year. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's burgeoning, I guess, you know, around, you know, the world, which is super cool. But I guess they have a rink there, so, um, you know, and uh, it's great that yeah, they'll be able to use the gear, you know, that, yeah. that you're able to, like, have, have down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just so cool. Yeah, I mean, the idea that um, – we've mentioned this kind of on another cast as well, but, you know, this uh, Florida tournament, um, the HPOC, I believe, um, you know, they had Puerto Rico and Egypt, you know, battling it out for the championship. Uh, and, you know, hearing that warmed my heart, right, because, like, you know, <laughs> now that we're in Minnesota and, like, population-wise, right, like, you know, it, it makes sense why, um, you know, maybe there aren't as many people of color playing, like, you know, that that number, you know, still needs to be higher and we can still get mm-hmm. it to a point where, you know, uh, we can still – there's still a lot of work to do. Um, it's almost like a rite of passage. Yeah. Kids that are around seven years old, around first grade, yeah. we do learn to skate in the spring, but like more and more kids are starting to get access to skating, and that kind of opens the door if they want to play hockey. Yeah. Like the exposure, it, it, it's, it still needs to grow. I definitely think it's been growing over the years. Like yeah. it, it's awesome to see. Yeah, and like you're right, you make that huge point where it's like skating, right? Like skating is like the first step of so many things, like mm-hmm. learn how to skate. And then, you know, um, in men, men figure skate as well, but, like, you know, women can figure skate, right? Um, you know, going ahead with uh, crashed ice is becoming, you know, like where the downhill slalom when you're on skates and, like, that's a new sport, right? Yeah. I mean, now it's kind of might be, you know, outlandish to say, like, oh, grow up to be a crashed ice athlete. <laughs> but, I mean, you got people that are professional video gamers now. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, he would have said that 10 years ago. People would have laughed in your face. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, sports are growing and, like, there are more opportunities for people to be, you know, uh, the fact that you know how to skate yeah. can expand, you know, your world and more than just the world of hockey. So I think that's really cool. They also play it all over the world, right? You know, places where it's warm, places where it's cold. So, um, yeah, you know, where it might be a little hard to uh, play, you know, soccer outside or something, like in the Arctic or whatever, you know, you can do them in, in the winter with hockey. So I think that's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, uh, something I was thinking about the other day was like, you know, hockey is just another opportunity for kids you know, to possibly, you know, play in college or, you know, go further. Like, you know, for me personally, you know, I was not, I'm not very tall. You know, I was never very big. So, like, football, I got lit up, quit that. You know, <laughs> basketball, you know, kids outgrew me. So, you know, I found hockey, and that was something, you know, that my height and other restrictions didn't, you know, hinder me from doing. So, that, you know, it's just another opportunity I've probably wouldn't play a college sport if I didn't, you know, stick with hockey. So it's just, just another way, you know, for you to do something positive and be able to, you know, create an opportunity for yourself. So Yeah, that's yeah. so true. You know, 
people are getting a scholarship, right? You get a scholarship, go to the league, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, why not have hockey be one of those sports that allows you to, uh, you know, get out of a situation that you might seem as, you know, less desperate or more desperate. And then also just in general, like you said, to have it as an opportunity in general to go to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as you're kind of speaking on that too, Tennessee State University is looking at trying to bring a women's hockey team there. And, um, you know, that'd be so cool. That'd be the first of its kind, you know, in HBCU. Yeah. Um, you know, like, why do we think HBCUs don't have hockey right now? Like, you know, would we, as, you know, black people here at the table, like, you know, want something like that? Like, what would that mean maybe for the sport? Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I think that'd be huge. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be it. I mean, I don't see why not, you know. Uh, I, I've thought about that a lot. You know, why don't we have? Hey, like, every other sport <laughs> crosses yeah. over. It's really interesting. Right. That is so, so, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, it'll take time, but I think that is in the cards, you know, as more, you know, people of color are playing hockey and stuff and, uh, you know, the, the more the numbers go up, the more opportunity for something like that to happen. So I definitely think it can happen. I think it will. It'll just take, you know, some time. But I think we should continue to push for that. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 That just that representation is important. And I I just think we probably just need more gentlemen and women like ourselves. Yeah. You know, yep. just yeah. we need more people just get out there in the in the front lines and you know just well, let me ask you this draw. let me ask you this so like i don't believe you have kids kendall like no, okay now no, i do I, like <laughs> i know you well but i was like yeah. you know just having to, um james you you're the, so you, have, you have a son yeah. um you have like yep. a one and a half year old yep. right like you know like what would it for you just envisioning right your son if he did play hockey going to an hbcu as a hockey player okay like you know like what like what i mean what does that inv- you know like how does that in, in this in this moment make you feel and something like that just thinking about him playing hockey and potentially at an HBCU. Yeah, right, representing, like, you know, playing the sport of hockey that we're all sitting here talking about loving and then also, like, going to something like an HBCU, which is, like, you know, traditionally black and the history's there and, um, you know, learning about yourself and your culture, but also getting that chance to play college hockey. I mean, the first word that comes to mind is trailblazer, <laughs> you know, just uh-huh. being a trailblazer. Hopefully, hopefully that happens before he gets of age. Mm-hmm. But just even thinking, you know, when I look at Jeremiah, like, the, the the possibilities are endless. Like whatever sport he does want to get into, I want to be that involved parent that's all in on it, you know, and just help support him no matter what he wants to do. Um, I think maybe a year from now we'll we'll throw on the skates yeah. and see how he does because he's the kid that you know we're potty training right now yeah. and he he'll turn two in January. Um, but he likes to do everything, whether it's dump his pot or <laughs> put put the dish soap in the dishwasher yes. and everything. No way. Um, I love it. So, you know, he, he's just, he's like a little sponge, right? Just yeah, up. Wow. He sees me talk on the phone, just copies me. So <laughs> oh, my god! I, I think it'll be exciting to unlock all those things of, like, once he does try hockey or skating, you know, and just, all right, what's the next thing? Or, you know, how, how can we progress or improve yeah. and everything you um, think you'd put him in the start him in the, in the dynamites program for sure yeah yeah sure. <laughs> um, awesome. not only myself but three other staff members on dynamites had had kids um so they're all kind of around the same age oh, wow. a couple are older than mine and mine's kind of right in the middle but hopefully these they, they all can uh we all have boys that's awesome. Yeah, yeah wow. They got a, yeah. <laughs> like a line right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, solid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, with the Dynamites, too, uh, y- y'all have had the great fortune of um, having an outdoor sheet uh, come in, refrigerated, um, refrigerated, I said my apologies, um, and then 
you know, you're able to have it outdoor ice for, you know, three, four more months, maybe two more months, you know, out of the year than you would have already potentially had Yeah. on a day where, you know, May where the sun comes out and it kind of ruins, you don't have to worry about that. So, you know, I guess, you know, speak a little bit about that, how great that is. And then also what that'll mean for the next five to 10 years, you know, um, you know, for the organization and expanding the game there. So this will be the first uh, winter season that we'll have in, in uh, refrigeration out there on the ice. So, the our, our the Dynamite's outdoor rink, uh, Billy Lindsay Rink, is located right off Lake Street, um, East Lake Street in Minneapolis, under the Fourth Avenue Bridge. Or if you turn on Fifth Avenue, um, it's a, it's parallel with the Greenway, the bike path. Um, so you know that's gonna help, just like hockey skating in the community. You know, folks who want to just come in and like drop in and skate. Um, Dynamite's will be able to because like our high schoolers. That, that helps create jobs for them so they can kind of be like the managers of the rink, open it up, shovel and stuff like that. Um, my favorite part of the rink is just bringing a van load of kids and just, you know, wow. drop them off, get some pizza, hot chocolate. We have a warming house and everything. Um, so I want to say for the past like five, six, seven years, we've had natural ice, two rinks, um, one mini rink and one huge rink, like 60 by 40 or something like uh-huh. that. Um and, you know, natural ice, we usually build the boards probably like the second and a half week of November. Um, you know, y'all definitely come volunteer. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to literally say that. Yep. Shout uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, in the past with natural ice, two sheets, you know, pe- like teams like the Storm have come and like purchased ice, you know, and came yeah. and did outdoor practices and stuff. Um, you know, we're working on you know, having more outdoor practices for our kids and just assigned days where we could just come bring our team, you know, volunteers come skate. Cause it, it's hard to, we usually practice our, our home ice is Augsburg ice arena for okay. the most part. Okay. Um, yep. That's where all of our practices happen, but you know, it's hard to it, indoor ice is expensive. Yeah. You know? Oh and my gosh. Yeah. We're just, we're a nonprofit. So yep. everything's connected financially, but you know, natural ice, when you get a gym, when you get yeah. a gym like that, like it's awesome for the community Shout out to Crystal Ray, um, yeah. Jesuit High School, because yeah. um, urban urban home or urban works or, or um, they're the ones who own the field. You know, yeah. it used to be called Kicks Field. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, they own the field, um, so you know they allowed us to put you know the hockey rink on their on their grass yeah. uh, soccer field. So I think it's amazing for the community for dynamites. There could be. And I don't want to say too much, you know, without it happening and forming. Yeah, but, no, like, we can create a pipeline potentially, yeah. you know, with Absolutely. the high school kids going and maybe even start something. But Yeah, and even I the college. I mean, you have internships for, for college students I was reading. And, you know, there's, like, 20 kids that have come back to the organization now who were alumni that are working. I mean, pretty soon you might have, you know, 60 people working there, all all dynamite, or all uh, alumni of the Dynamite. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, folks. I didn't, you know, I, I stopped right before high school playing hockey, but, like, I want these kids to continue to go. You know, yeah. hockey can take them super far places. And, I mean, folks just love that. Wealthy folks love something like that, you know, whether if you're a person of color and, like, they love the game of hockey. Like, yeah. they love to see you just fly fly high with that, you yeah. know, and just. Well, just changing the attitude and changing the, the narrative, <laughs> right? Like, you know, when we see so many things in the news about young black men, it's not always in black, you know, women, it's not always like positive stuff and like we're here again you're saying like in minnesota i mean like a people you know there's no secret that you got to get people to you know invest in what they care about right. but we all do care about the sport of hockey we all do care about our communities and you know growing that we all want to see 
you know, Minnesotans on the Olympic team and winning gold medals and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that we would want to have our best young folks succeed regardless of what they look like. So, you know, I love that mission. And, you know, I think we need to collectively, you know, have that as, you know, society together. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not always what's in it for me, but what's in it for we. So, you know. Exactly. Without even thinking about it, man, I just I know it's like I'm giving back to the very program that gave to me but like you know how people say it's not work if you love it or you enjoy it sure like that's you know (laughs) there's there's some things that you know like in minneapolis we keep our equipment in kind of a dingy old basement Mm -hmm. in a fourplex apartment um, Mm -hmm. in the basement and like probably don't love going down there and like bugs and spider webs and stuff but like you know i love sharpening skates yeah i love like trying to find new elbow pads or something like just just anything to set these kids up for success you know and making sure they got the right equipment to get on the ice to give it they all like i'm all for it yeah and then give them back and then they come back you know and it's like coach james like you know you you really changed my life and you're like wow you know i just showed up at the rink and like here you are now like having like had that moment where somebody actually believes in you and uh now you're doing A, B, and C in life, yeah. and, uh, you know, we're all better for it. So, yeah, it's uh, Park Avenue United Methodist. That's, you know, you mentioned John Foley, all that. Um, my, my family actually, you know, used to go to Park Avenue before, um, you know, when I, before we moved to Dinah. And uh, so just really quick, you know, I realized that the, you know, Dinah Mike started there. The reason actually why my family started playing hockey was because of the Dinah Mikes. Yeah. Um, my brother had saw um, and, um, and them getting an award back in the day um, in church was like, oh, what's that? Hockey players. Oh, I want to be a hockey player automatically, right? You know, I, I wanted to become a hockey player. So I guess really quick, um, you know, like how do you know or, you know, like how, like how did your family end up at, the, you know, Park Avenue and how important is Park Avenue for the community? Um, you know, I know their motto, at least when we were going there, was reconciliation through the gospel. Yeah. Is that kind of still, you know, what they're about and what they practice? And, uh, you know, just tell us about Park Avenue because, you know, I have really fond memories of it. And, uh, you know, I haven't been back and I need to go back. But, um, yeah, Park, just great. Yeah. Park Ave was my home church yeah, also. Yeah. Um, you know, I, li- I fortunately, I, w- I was able I lived close in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. so Park Ave was about a block just around the corner to walk to church, walk to Dynamites. What, what street you live on? Uh, I, when I was in my prime in Dynamites, uh-huh. I was on 34th and Park. Okay, Park, we were 50th and Garfield. My bad, my bad. Uh-huh. Not um, 34th and Park is uh, the address of Park Avenue. Oh no, you. <laughs> uh, 3444 Portland Avenue South, a uh, four-unit apartment. That's yeah. where we stayed. Okay, so awesome. you know. Um, sometimes I walk to church myself. You know, Sunday mornings. I had the Park Ave community. And the Dynamites community yeah. and like they were both kind of like that back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, Park Ave back in those days, early two thousands, you remember like the outdoor concert yes, Soul Live, yep, Soul Liberation. Yep. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and like some oh, of yeah. that even helped me um also going to camp, Kids Across America in, yep. in Missouri with yep. Dynamites and Park oh, Avenue. Yeah. Um yep. that kind of introduced me to like gospel rap, Lecrae. And yeah, that whole genre. Kirk Franklin, man. Yeah, first it was Kirk Franklin, uh-huh. then then I eventually got to yeah. Lecrae, but okay, Kirk yeah. Franklin <laughs> for sure. Um, and like even when I listen to old Kirk Franklin song, it reminds me of that soul liberation yeah. atmosphere and attitude. Like, you know, it. it, it I say the demographics somewhat changed around you know Potter or, or um, Park P- Avenue. Right, okay, yeah, um, yeah. The demographics somewhat changed, mm-hmm. but I still I still say like there's still that diversity and that spirit of like reflecting the body of heaven and stuff yeah, like yeah. like that there's still some of that spark Ave is definitely still yeah. diverse um interracial couples are you know just all over the place and like um so you know i definitely miss the old days of just like it was a lot more people and a lot more soul live yeah um, yeah <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, like, and d- there's just a huge Park Ave community, then Dynamite's community, and like some of those kind of merge together. And um, but I mean, Park Ave is still providing that same love that they you know provided back in the day. Um, I can't stay away from Park Ave. I yeah. it's kind of my side hustle. I'm a janitor, uh, help close the building yeah. at Park Ave. So. Nice. I work where I work at, you know, yeah. after work. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's amazing. Park has been a blessing in my life. Well, you're a hard, hard worker, man. That's incredible. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I'm so glad that, you know, those things that have been a pillar in your life, you now give them back to you, you know, with hockey and Park Ave and, you know, et cetera. I mean, it's all, that's just amazing. It's easy to do when, like, the people, like, you're impacted by the people and you want to invest in the people and yeah. just drawn to the people. It's easy to do. For yeah. Sure. You know, it's got a huge responsibility trait. Yeah. No, that's amazing. You know? Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, uh, you know, I'm a St. Paul guy, but yeah. so I'm not that versed in, you know, how the Dynamite started and kind of the background of, like, the initiative and mm-hmm. all that, if you guys could. No, for sure. Um, that. Dynamite started, was founded in 1995 by John Foley. John Foley used to be a youth pastor at Park Avenue. Um, somebody just blessed John one day because they, they saw that he was trying to do something for the youth at that time and, like, you know, Crime was like huge around Park Avenue in the Murderapolis years. Was that like the right. around you know? that yeah. time? Yeah, <laughs> it was like a murder a day, something crazy like uh, that. Yeah. Shout out to my cousin um, because like he kind of got involved with some of that street stuff. Yeah, and like he's yeah. still with us today. But like you know, going seeing what he went through, like I was just afraid to get in trouble. Yeah, like, I never wanted to have my mom yell at me and stuff. So like it was no problem to you know, be on the straight and narrow and drawing dynamites and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, one day somebody just blessed John with like a financial gift and said, like, I see what you're trying to do. You know, this is what God telling me, you know, what you're trying to do and stuff. So somebody gave him thousands of dollars to start something. Um, you know, this is right before, um, Mighty Ducks movie came yeah. out. We're like, we're like Mighty Ducks cousin. Yes. Uh, dynamite started with one. That's amazing. I'm telling wow. you in, in the neighborhood too, you know, um, <laughs> It's amazing. Dynamite started with one like Bantam team, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, roller hockey, and then got eventually got to ice hockey. They won the championship in 1999 because there's a trophy right in front of Park Avenue. Wow. Um, but yep. then, yeah, yeah, like I kind of feel like I was born to be in Dynamites because John like knew members of my family and like uh, apparently he held me as a baby or something. And my mom later, when I got of age, after I quit karate, uh, she, yeah, she signed me up with Dynamites and just been there ever since um yeah like we serve i don't know i, I wrote down some things um mm-hmm. what's happening right now mm-hmm. you know so our three three to four main blocks you know our hockey teams we have mites st paul mites minneapolis mites um squirts in minneapolis in minneapolis and peewees in minneapolis we have about 30 mites um in minneapolis we have one team in st paul um 15 um 19 20 squirts and 16 17 peewees um Dynamite's mission statement is PASS. We want to equip our students with physical, academic, social, and spiritual excellence. Hockey being the physical. The Twin Towers of Dynamite is hockey and also academic tutoring. So throughout the school year, that's how we keep track of our kids, um, make sure they're doing good in the classrooms. We have, um, our elementary tutoring is going to begin soon in November, but middle school and high school tutoring has started basically when the school year started. Okay. Um, so that's every Thursday they meet. Um, and our vision statement, this is happening at the very least, um, to see youth become self-assured, self-assured, competent adults. You know, the kids that grow up in the program, if they're fortunate to come back and give back and 
join high school staff, like a lot of that stuff is happening and that's placing them into leadership roles. You know, I am a success story at Dynamites, but like just, you know. Well, we think you are, but I mean, I get what you mean, God man. I get what you yeah. mean. Like, no, I'm just regular, right? Like, if you give people the opportunities that I've had in life, they would have the same outcomes, right? But, absolutely. you know, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's, we're all not, you know, afforded those kind of opportunities. And um, you mentioned the 99 trophy. Like, that had to have been what got my family playing hockey okay. because that is the exact time frame that that would have happened they were accepting they were getting an award mm-hmm. that was big enough that <laughs> sparked my brother's interest to want to play and that yeah. was definitely 99 that must have been the wow. that moment so coming to were you there in that hat were you there no, you know okay no, i was like yeah because yeah. i would have been oh my gosh like, I was like thank you sir that's incredible <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i mean so do you have more questions for the about dynamics uh yeah did, well you kind of answered most of them so Reminds me a lot of uh, New Directions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same thing mm-hmm. we're kind of doing over there and, you know, driving kids, you know, to practice. Just trying to make it as easy as possible for yeah. them, you yeah. know, to, you know, stay in hockey and want it to c- continue. And, we, you know, we even see, you know, a few of our kids that, you know, are kind of aged out per se coming back. And a couple of them were refing our games last year and things like that. So, no, that's a huge part of it is having, you know, people, you know, close to their age yeah. coming back and helping out and doing things like that because, you know, us, we're old now to them. <laughs> so, you know, seeing their, yeah, seeing their friends come back and help and stay involved is a big part of it. So, yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's huge, bro. Yeah. So with your family and your faith, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, so, you know, you – I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll just jump to first, like, you know, what is it like, um, you know, being a father and then what's like being a black father. And then I'll have, you know, questions for that and why I asked that question like that as well. So. Yeah, man, I, you know, just being a father, it's a joy, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it, it definitely takes some adjusting, you know, um, we had Jeremiah, like what we dated fully before we got married, we dated fully for like a year, mm-hmm. you know, my wife. We're we're in a racial couple. My wife's wife, my wife's white. I'm black, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and you know Jeremiah is just a cute little, you know, speckle of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's great Enjoy, and I'm just sure, yeah. d- you know definitely just love watching him learn and everything. Um, you know, like we found out we were pregnant like a day or two after George Floyd happened. Okay, and wow, um, yeah, you know George Floyd. Yeah. Life was taken from him on the corner of 38th and Chicago. That is one, uh, like a section of one of our neighborhoods we could pick up kids. Yeah. It is uh-huh. tougher, you know, but like I love like the George Floyd Square and like right. you know, how they set that up and stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I understand. We can still pick up kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. But, um, you know, like it, when we found out we were pregnant, you know, that was really big. And like my wife painted a painting and stuff of just what was going on in the neighborhood at that time because we lived in Potterhorn. The apartments in Potterhorn, yeah. the old brown ones. Yeah, and yeah. Like, we kind of saw, like, the streets get light up and stuff when the National Guard was in town and mm-hmm. stuff. So that was definitely a scary time. Jeremiah just sh- straight up reminds us of, like, what, it w- what, what that time was like before he came. And then, like, you know, after he came, you know, just he's just such a blessing, you know. Um, I definitely want to be like a great teacher to him you know like we're reading this children's like like notable or acceptable like um black key figures in america like 
of, of just like yeah. inventors and people who helped in like the Revolutionary War that like just I've learned so much. You know, of course, it has Malcolm and like Martin Luther uh-huh. King and stuff in there or Barack Obama. But like right. so many African-American key figures throughout history, um, you know, in like in a, in a book set up for children. So like we read that to him every night, wow. um, you know, just trying to be intentional on the things we teach him. Um, my wife does a great job. Having a kid in in the first place, like it definitely, it, if it takes two to tangle, it definitely yeah. takes two and a village to raise yeah. a kid, you know. And um, I mean, you know, I've grown up in a single parent household, uh, but um, I'm close with my dad now and everything. Um, but I, you know, I definitely want to be all those things that like I didn't necessarily get, or you know, other people didn't get. You know, I just want to be a constant in his life and everything. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing, and I, you know, I feel like the exact same way and you know when it comes down to to that for myself if I were to you know have kids and I hope you know yeah I don't know but if that's you feel the same way yeah you know we're just my dad always said that um you know he would rather fail at anything else other than being a parent Mm -hmm. you know and that's just something that always kind of stuck with me so um you know what is what was the um if if we had it right so I kind of get into that as well but um, you know, being young black men, right, like the talk, right, like, you know, did you have the talk with your parents, like, what was it like, and then James as well, um, you know, will you have the talk with um, uh, Jeremiah, what will that look like, and, um, you know, maybe we as well, Kendall, you know, can hypothetically, mm-hmm. hypothetically talk about that. For, yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, yeah, I think it's a must, not, not only for not, folks who are not black should have that talk of mm-hmm. like how to conduct yourself mm-hmm. when if you get in trouble or you know if you're with people you know how to delegate yourself but especially as a black father like we have to talk about those experiences we have to talk about the things that happen to us and just to prevent that you know um don't walk around being a doormat and just you know submitting to oppression but you know just really having your eyes open to everything around you um and then being respectful at the same time. I want we we, we want to raise Jeremiah as like a person that cares about human beings. You know, mm-hmm. when we're walking the dogs or whatever, he loves to like go up and kiss other people's pets. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. nah, man, get out, don't do that. But um, you know, we did de- like we definitely plan on you know got to give him that talk. Um, I, if I you know if I teach him anything in this world, is it'll definitely be that not to necessarily hate the police or people in power, but just like Jeremiah, at the end of the day, you can control your actions. You can control what comes out of your mouth. You know, you can, you control your actions and how you affect people. You know, I never want him to, I never want to harm anybody, hurt anybody. You know, I'm, I, I want to be considerate of other people. So like, we want to raise him to be like that too. And, uh, Hopefully he'll turn out to be a good athlete too, because he's got some nice calves. <laughs> yeah, <on> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. When do you feel like um you know when that when you had that like did that resonate with you when you had to learn those lessons um of what it was like maybe that you know if you're rolling around with one of your buddies that you know didn't look like you and you guys were stopped that you were going to be treated differently or like did you know was there ever a moment that like that you became aware of that or yeah. You know, I grew up in a house or, like, in a family with, like, a lot of women, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the oldest of two sisters, but, you know, my auntie, my mom, or just some father figures, too. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they definitely, like, they definitely taught us and, and talked to us about that. And I've definitely experienced something like that um, with – I definitely experienced something like that um, 
just like kind of being profiled. Mm-hmm. But I, the whole process took five minutes. Um, this was my first time in a in a cop car. Um, so I'm I'm like, oh snap! This yeah. is what it's like. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Gosh, know, um, but that, like the whole process took five minutes, and like if I feel like if I was anybody else then anything else could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, the whole process took five minutes and like uh, in other people's case, like it took a lifetime. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, um, but it, 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 you know, it happened to me and my roommate who was white and like he, he kind of had to talk them out of, we were just coming back from a volunteer party for dynamites mm-hmm. and I was driving the van and I we parked it at uh, Speedway to get gas so, um, you know, I went to go talk to because he followed me in his car um, and he was in his driver's seat yeah. as the van, the van is filling up with gas. I went to go talk to him so I can see why somebody said it looked like a exchange. Oh, yeah. But like I can see why people can. I don't like, see why profile. it looks like an exchange. Uh, I, know, I don't, I don't know? at all, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I'm a law student. I, I don't I, see how it at all. I'm, talk, I'm like standing outside talking to him, leaning on like his car. And a stuff. guy followed a guy to the gas station <laughs> that he was following and talked to his friend. For, <laughs> for real. <laughs> you know, that's all that happened. And, um, you know, the cops, like whatever excuse. You yeah, know, right. I mean, exactly. Like, you know, and that. I just wanted to say that because, like, we all know that that is exactly what's going to be said. But, like, I just, you know, I'm like, you know what? We got to stop allowing people to come up with, like, I'm not saying you were doing no, that because, no, like, yeah. that's exactly what. But, no, you stop. you know, there wasn't, that's not why you stopped me. You know, right. if I was, you know, a young, pretty blonde <laughs> woman driving the van of kids or, yeah. you know, had prior and yeah. stopped to talk to my friend, you would have said, oh, look at that. Pretty blonde woman getting gas, you, you know. know? So, good, for you. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Like, um, so yeah, I, I definitely. And the uh, part yeah. of like, mm-hmm. like, because I didn't put up a fuss. I was yeah. like, I ain't do nothing. Right. And stuff like yeah. that. You know, exactly. I didn't bring extra heat. Exactly. So it's like, it makes sense. like, I, I kind of. Why sweat would you? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know that that doesn't help your situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's how we are in this. You know, and we know that you know the powerlessness almost. Right. I don't know if you saw the um, People versus OJ. Back in the day, but Johnny Cochran, who was this incredible, powerful attorney and this and that, like there's that scene where, you know, he got stopped in front of his daughters and they pulled him out and, you know, put him on the car and everything. And, you know, just it doesn't matter who you are. Right. right. If you're you know, a black individual in this country, you have dealt with a situation of injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kendall, I mean, do you, do you do you kind of agree with that? Have you experienced something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in a couple. I remember one coming back from uh, hockey. uh training in the summer and uh i pull up to a light i was pretty like maybe half mile from my house and uh a cop was just he pulled up to the light next to me and i just i just happened to look at him yeah 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 i wasn't even thinking just looked over and then next thing i know you know that the light turns green and he pulls behind me pulls me over and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, what, what could I possibly get pulled over? I just looked at you, but yeah. And then yeah. he comes up to the window, and and you know, I asked him, oh, like, what, like, what did I get pulled over for? And then he said, oh, you have air fresheners in the <laughs> window. Wow, yikes! And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, like yikes. I see where this is going. Oh my and uh, and then he asked me, oh, where are you coming from? And then I said, hockey. And I had my hockey stuff in the back. And then his whole tone switched. Yeah, like, wow. oh, you play hockey? <laughs> and then let me go two minutes Gosh. later after we talked about hockey for a second. So, yeah, stuff like that happens. Yeah. You know, it it sucks again. But, like, uh, you know, I was always taught, you know, if you're in those situations, is, you know, be respectful. 
if you know you didn't do anything, you, you know, you got to stand on that, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Better and, to fight him in the courtroom than from the grave. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. he, we, we, you know, Dante Wright, man, mm-hmm. was air freshener and I think maybe, like, an expired tab or something, right? Like, yeah. ended yeah. up with him dying. So, right. like, I mean, you saying that just made my heart jump because, yeah. like, you coming home from hockey – you looking over, I've experienced exactly the same where I've yeah. just glanced and next thing you know, you're pulled over and yeah. it's, you know, uh, you, you looked at, you know, it's nothing wrong and you yep. just know that's happening. And, oh man, did you ever get the talk from your parents? Uh, yeah. So, you know, my parents are a little bit older. My dad, mm. he grew up in, uh, Southern Illinois down by St. Louis during like Jim, Jim Crow era. So, mm-hmm. you know, he coming up, he was kind of a real like, militant mind far as like you know he grew up during segregation and you know he couldn't go to movie theaters he couldn't sit in certain places they couldn't go swimming in pools so you know he he grew up which i think is you know speaks to him like just being respectful to others like it doesn't matter who you are you know you know if you show respect to people you know you, you know more than likely they're going to respect you back but uh yeah, I definitely had a lot of talks with him about stuff like that. And, you know, he always said, you know, when you leave the house, you're representation of, you know, me and your mom. So, you know, he didn't he didn't want to hear anything that I was doing outside of the house come back. You know, yeah, he didn't yeah. want to get any, any calls that I was acting up or at someone's house acting a fool or anything yeah. like that. So that always stuck with me, you know, just be respectful and. You know, it's it's carried me a long way so far. So, you know, I think that's one thing I'll just you know preach to my kids. You know, is just being respectful. You, you know, you represent more than just yourself. You know, you you represent the whole family. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's oh yeah. In my head in our race, you know, ultimately, right? Like, in yep. kind of again, right? When you're in a you're in a town full of like a black folk or something, right? Like that isn't always. And, you know, there, we always know that there's that oppression of the outside world, right? But, yep. you know, that's like an HBCU, all that kind of stuff, right? Where you feel like, okay, cool, but, yeah, you know, you're representing yourself. But, yeah, when you're out there in the world and you're in these, you know, white spaces, right? Like, you are, with, you know, for better or for worse, a representation of our of our community. And, yep. yeah. um, you know, that's always a, a, you know, tough burden I, you know, supposed to kind of carry. And, you know, for <laughs> myself, right? Like, it's a really interesting. I, I kind of had to learn a little bit. Um, you know, my, my parents are um, white. I was adopted from D.C., um, you know, uh, six weeks old, all this kind of stuff. I spent a little bit of time in foster care. But um, so for me, I actually, like, you know, I had to, had to learn a lot of these lessons. And, you know, I'd be in the rink, and I would wonder sometimes why this and that. And, um, you know, my parents, we eventually kind of talked about it. But um, I remember, you know, hearing about my brother one time getting stopped walking home, and the police had said he fit the description. My brother's a black man who's yeah. adopted as well. Um, and, you know, d- just kind of like my parents right away were like that's bull right you know what i'm saying like and they told me that and then like you know we started so um and he's five years older than me so i mean like that's why it's like i was able to start having those um you know conversations but yeah i i was always maybe aware of it acutely aware of it obviously but you know there wasn't always that sense of like well this is going to happen and that's going to happen because like i had that personal experience that i can tell you about um i remember one time i was walking um you know to my buddy's house in my neighborhood uh and this woman had stopped me and demanded to know where I lived and, um, you know, all these, it was wild. And I actually stood my ground and I was like, you know, you're nuts, all this stuff. I, you know, I'm not telling you where I live. I'm going to my friend's house and followed me to my friend's house. 
talked to that mom and then like oh boy. was like you know had to get signed off and this and that and you know i still kind of feel a little bit that way about the whole situation because then the woman or the friendly you know i was went to their place it was like oh you know there's been you know the mom was like oh there's been robberies in the area and i was kind of like what does that have anything to do with me right, but right. um <laughs> like okay you know but kind of again great great family great people all kind of stuff but like it was just more of like a weird situation where again you become acutely aware of who you are where you are right what space you're in like and you know that you're it, your presence of you existing and walking somewhere what society isn't, thinks right is enough and, to be suspicious like yeah. you know like what are you doing here so um right. yeah those are always real real interesting things and you know i'd uh being known a black man myself and you know whatever i'll have kids who are you know if i uh, don't adopt or if i do have naturally kids right all kind of stuff yeah. they're going to be black and we'll be having that talk right and we'll be having the situations because i can then you know, relate personal experience, you know, from what I've had. So, you know, I do think that, again, it's a talk that everybody should be having, whether, yeah. whatever you are, all that kind of stuff, right? We're all able to be biased. We're all able to be prejudiced. You know, we're all able to, um, you know, you know, harbor those kinds of misconceptions. So, you know, it's always good to, like, you know, want to uh, check yourself as well. So I uh, just kind of information-wise, right, like what kind of advice would you – you know, you said your success story with everything where you are now, which I completely agree, you know, but like what advice would you have for any, you know, younger kids that Jer uh, Jeremiah or, you know, anybody that is coming up maybe from, you know, what your situation was, you said, you know, single parent background, all that kind of stuff, just what information, what kind of a success advice would you have for kids? Really just find people who can like invest in your life positively, you know, like <laughs> I was blessed to have like role models or wow. just people who, you know, can just impact me in a positive way cared about me came and picked me up took me places like hockey hockey really took me far um wow. and like that just opened up so many doors to relationships mm -hmm. um you know like hopefully in just for you know for kids that's like out there struggling whether if it's with schooling or just trying to fit in you know like we need we need things like you know the things that we're doing. It, it can be music, it can be sports, just anything, some type of outlet, positive outlet where folks can just come and like just like rain like just love on you, like positive love and just like words of encouragement and just you know just show you know it takes a village. It takes a village to raise somebody and like sometimes like you know if you don't have those things like you just choose left or you choose wrong and like you know the streets will just like swallow us up. You know, and like, you know, the, the streets, you know, what attracts people to the streets is like, well, like, you know, that's where I get love from. You know, folks yeah. you know, look out for me there right. and stuff. But like that family bond, that connection, you know, yeah, and similar like, struggle. And it's like you don't want to, like, look over your shoulder, spend your life looking over your shoulder, doing the doing bad things or the wrong things. You know, like we just need that positive impact, like people just showing genuine, genuine love each other man just like encouraging each other try to tell kids that play on the teams like it's really easy to say something mean mm -hmm. but it takes effort to say something nice yeah pick somebody up bro. yeah like your words are powerful like straight up if you were going through something like that kids are getting teased for like you know like words are so powerful man you know and especially after the pandemic and stuff everything just got amplified yeah. like bro we just need more love out there like um, intentional you know, positive support for each other. Like, I think that's what kids need the most. Yeah. You know, well, that's why we're sitting here right now. Ultimately. I mean, you know, that idea of why I wrote the children's book hockey is for everybody is that I felt like, you know, one we're in Minnesota state of hockey, all that. And then it was right after 2020 and what happened with George Floyd. I was like, Whoa, like we need to reduce fear in the community. Right. Yeah. And we need to build relationships cross-culturally. 
And that's how we're going to fix this thing. Because ultimately right now, people are scared. Yeah. And if you, you know, think that somebody is the other and that, you know, there's something else going on, right, you're going to not want to be a part of that, right? And then we also have to start, you know, with kids when they're young. Because, you know, kids learn that kind of behavior at home. Um, You know, they don't, you know, that's something that I picked up as, you know, I've been doing this kind of work is like, you know, we assume that everybody is taught how to behave outside of the house correctly, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you bring kids into a group and they've all learned that, you're not supposed to say A, B, and C. That is almost never the case, right? So we need to start, like, knowing that and, like, you know, bringing these positive messages to these kids, like, through things like literature, right, and all these kind of things. When they're in that third space, um, you know, not at their house, not at their school, right, all these kind of, you know, so a place like the hockey rink, right, you bring kids together and you can help them build, you know, cross-cultural relationships with somebody that's from, you know, you're playing with a guy that's from Hiawatha, you're playing with a guy that's from the Brentwood neighborhood and also from, you know, playing North Minneapolis and Edina and Richfield and right. So like, you know, you come on and you have a summer clinic and you meet all these kids and then you're hanging out, right? Like how many yeah. times did you go to like so-and-so's house in like Prior Lake or like Eastview um, right. or it's a high school, but you know, Woodbury, like all these kind of things, right? Just because you played hockey with some guy right. for like two or three times in the summer or something. And then all of a sudden you're friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of it. Yep. Yeah. So I, you know, I really feel like that's how we're going to do something like that and you know like as you're kind of saying i love how you bring that up with like you know for you know past self like right like you know younger advice to kids like you know find find that thing that you love find something you can be passionate about find people that you know support you care about you and then you know go full bore with that and you know i think that us doing stuff like this is representational like as well because the fact that like right you can you know play a sport like hockey you don't have to go ahead and you know, go play, you know, high level this or this or that, or right? But you can still have great experiences, build, you know, a great community, friends, relationships, and, like, move forward in life. So, I mean, it's not always about going pro, but it's about finding something productive to do with your time. I think, you know, what so many kids have to realize as well. And just like you said with representation, like mm-hmm. literally a mites parent asked me Wednesday night at practice, like, how come we don't see more representation? Like, yeah. we need more <laughs> of you. And it's like, well, you know, if we don't have it now, then we definitely got to start them young, you yeah, know? Yep, and yep. Like, even... You, you know, these these are some, you know, the kid that I'm thinking of from the Mites practice, yeah. he's African-American child, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, it, it, he's kind of having a hard time right now because um, his skates are probably too tight on his feet. Yeah. So that's creating discomfort, yeah. therefore, mm-hmm. and he kind of shuts down if he can't do a drill, yeah. you know? And, like, you know, we, we just want to get in there and be like, hey, bro, you can do this. Like, you know, just it might be hard right now. It took me a whole year to practice or to learn how to skate. Yeah. Yeah. When I first joined Dynamites, you know, I started with squirts. I'm down here trying to doing a bunch of spins and trying to stand up. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> playing the puck down there. Yeah. So, like, I've been there, you know, but yeah. definitely don't give up. The, you know, hockey, learning how to skate is hard, but, like, we can conquer. We can do these hard things, yeah. you know. You can, and, like, just that power of empowerment that you'll feel when you feel like, I learned how to skate. I can yeah. lift the puck, you know, just. Hit those milestones and all that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, one one thing, uh, I was actually talking to one of my old teammates, and we were having a conversation about the podcast and stuff, and, and he was like, man, did you – I didn't realize, like, how it was that hard for you, like, in, uh, like, the locker room and all that. And I, and I tried to explain to him, you know, it wasn't. Like, hockey has been, like, one of the greatest things that's ha- happened to me, like – you know, and our, and our, I think I can speak for you, like, you know, our goal is not to, you know, spew negative, you know, yeah. our negative experiences about hockey. We're about, you know, saying, you know, it's been a great blessing. There's, there's always going to be a few different, you know, n- like I said, knuckleheads or things that happen, but, 
you know, people listening, I don't want that, you know, our ex- negative ex- experiences to deter you from getting your kids into hockey or, you know, getting involved because it, you know, it was far and in between and, you know, you learned a lot from those experiences. But overall, you know, the people that we met and build friendships and connections with, you know, way outweighed, you know, our negative experiences, at least mine. So I definitely want to get, want to get that out there. You know, we're not here to, you know, talk about, you know, how negative it was in our experience. We want more people to join because it was a positive and a great thing for us. So definitely want to 100%, get that yeah. Yeah. yeah, and could not agree more. Right, like we are – like kind of again sitting here because of the positive experiences that we've had exactly. with the yep. sport. Yes. Um, and, you know, we're putting this out there kind of again so that people, um, you know, know what they're getting themselves into, you yep. know, ultimately, <laughs> right? Like uh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, like anything. Right. Yep. But at the end of the day, if you persevere, you put in the time, um, you know, you seek out the right people, um, it will be, you know, the best experience you'll ever have, you know, for the love of the game, right? Exactly. Like, you know, while we all – um, you know, come back to it while we all want to get back to something like that. So yeah. I could not agree more, Coach Kendall. That's yeah. awesome. Like, I trust myself more as a hockey coach than I do. A, I love football. Yeah. But, like, I can't – I don't trust myself. I haven't found my voice in football yet. And, yeah. like, I, 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 used, I tried to coach semi-pro. I used to play yeah. semi-pro. I tried coaching semi-pro. You can't tell grown men nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you see the joy and you see, the, like, the salt in, in coaching these kids in hockey, and I just – I love it. Like yeah. Everything from providing equipment to planning the practice, bro. It, it's a lot, man. Yeah. Shout out real quick to yeah. Chris, Mr. Chris Williams. Yes. Uh, he's <laughs> our child's uh, pediatrician. No uh, way. <laughs> Dr. Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah literally. see him all the time. Augsburg, B. Um, figure skating. Yeah, yeah. For years. Yeah, so he's still he still figure skates every weekend. <laughs> man, that's amazing. Parade, yep. Man, yeah, and he coaches at North yep. Commons. Uh, yep. Yep. So yeah, yep. Max. Yep. Yep. My gosh, always that is such a full <laughs> circle thing too. You know, that's why we got to keep on doing this stuff in general because um, you know, we all we all know each other and we all just gotta kind of again continue this uh this movement that we have. So how is your faith? sustained you through a lot of these tough times um that you've just seen or you know even the great times that you've seen so i mean like what about you know how you're obviously title max has been huge and they're faith-based so just how has that sustained you it's been well um you know i want to say a whole bunch of things at once like me personally you know dynamite's like my grandma i remember my grandma like I'm, i was like five years old having a conversation like on 35W with my grandma, it was like thunderstorming. And I asked grandma, like, is God mad at us? You know, I can't remember what she said, but like, I remember having that conversation with her. So like, you know, I, I, I got introduced and went to church with grandma and then like dynamites helped me get closer and like establish the relationship and like maintain it. You know, every time, every, it's never a, a short conversation with John Foley. Every time I call him, you know, Hey, yeah. hey Paco. <laughs> Uh, I hope he listens to this someday. Hey, Paco, you know, how are you doing? And then also, how's your, how's your relationship with Jesus doing? So, like, yeah. I just ha- feel like I have to be nothing but truthful to John. And it's been a while since I talked to John, so I got to reach out to him. Everybody's like, when's the last time you talked to John? You talked to John? Yeah. You know, even my great aunt, you know, asking me. But um, so Dynamite's helped me, you know, establish and, and maintain um, a relationship with God. And, like, just with faith now, you know, like, you know, I try to, I try to like either start the day and end the day in the word. Um, and like, you know, just with everything that's happening in the world right now, 
And it's like, man, especially with the things that we can't explain why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kind of lean on faith right there of like, you know, all this racism that we're having, bro, mm-hmm. it's really not truly supposed to be human versus human. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like, if you if you really call yourself a Christian, but you hate another group of people, you're there's we got something mixed up then. I don't know if you're really a Christian then or like, you know, th- what about the values? You know, you're really following the values. Like, I'm your neighbor, you know? Yeah. Your neighbor's your brother. You know, so we're all in this together, true, truly. Right. But um, you know, I just try to lean on faith, man, with those things that I I just can't explain or like, you know, um, with dynamites, like we use, you know, at hockey practice, we would try to do devotions, just some type of positive message. We're not really forcing kids to be Christian or you know choose this or scare them with their, you know, scare them with like the revelation stuff. We're not doing none of that. Um, we, we did like pray like right before practice mm-hmm. right now, you know, going into this new hockey season, we just want to like offer more choices. So like, you know, a part of the mission statement, physical, academic, social, and spiritual, um, we do have a partnership, um, more so newer now. Um, there's a great guy, shout out to pastor Darrell Williams. <sighs> He also does um, music on the side too, gospel rap. Just okay. As good as crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, his 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 hip hop name is Pharrell. Um, okay. F apostrophe R A E L, something like that. Um, but we're we're trying to like kind of merge, like get Dynamite's youth and Park Ave youth kind of back together. Mm-hmm. It can be one kid, three kid. It's 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 a it's a positive success if we can get any type of Dynamite's youth to kind of get back involved with Park Ave. Um, but just trying to create more choice. Kids love that we go to camp. So I was a kid in Dynamite that went to camp. Now we're like chaperones driving our vans the 11 to 14 hours down 35W South all the way to Golden Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like urb- Christian sports, urban camp, kids from like Little Rock, Arkansas, Dallas, Texas, California, wherever. Just, you know, everybody just coming to learn about God. Um, and then just like, you know, a whole bunch of different shades, you know, of, of kids and backgrounds. Um and, like, I grew up going to that camp. Now I'm, like, bringing kids to that camp. Haven't been since COVID, but now we have a baby, too, so yeah. it'll be a little tricky. But I <laughs> hope we can make our way back to Kids Across America, KAA. Those were really my big, you know, that's why I, like, learned what, like, Jesus did for us and stuff at camp. And um, Kurt Franklin, yeah. McCray, and those guys, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, yeah, that was just truly big for me. Yeah, ca- kind of piggybacking, I always like to ask the guests, like, you know, was there one role model or a couple of role models that, you know, you looked up to? You know, with football, for sure. Um, in the hockey world, I guess, like, this is probably my first time saying it. Um, it Willie O'Ree. Um, I've, I've, I've been fortunate to meet Willie O'Ree on, sep- you know, several occasions. We've I was a kid that was selected to go to his all-star game, I think, in 2003 when I was a seventh grader. That that took place in Anaheim, California. Wow, so awesome. again, I wasn't. Ne- I was like never the best player on my team, um, but like you know, I was probably a main key kid. Um, you know, just loved everybody. Was a good teammate. But coaches, you know, selected me to go. Got to go on the airplane with my mom to California. She's born in California. I'm born here in Minneapolis. Um, and yeah, just what Willie O'Ree does, you know, for the youth. You know mm-hmm. what he's continuing to do. Um, I really love that because like that kind of it's kind of like a reward, a reward trip to bring kids either to Philadelphia or Boston, you know, for his event that he does with kids um, with uh, NHL diversity or hockey's for everyone. Um, 
that just yeah, hats off and shout out to Willie Ari for that. Um, yeah, yeah. I got to be a kid that participated and also got to bring kids, you know, to him and his program as well. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> it's incredible. And uh, just having you know somebody up there to look look up to and everything, I think, is super important. And you know, Willie O'Ree is finally kind of getting a lot of the recognition that he deserves. You know. It's only, you know, recently in the last five years that he was, uh, you know, elected into the Hall of Fame for the NHL. And uh, <laughs> so, like I said, about about time and all that. And um, But, yeah, I mean, honestly, bring it back. I've been thinking a little bit about what you kind of said, Kendall. And, like, I just want to think, you know, one, like, you know, yeah, this podcast is not obviously about, you know, the negative stories that, you know, have happened to black people in hockey. But, yeah. you know, I also don't want to um sugarcoat you know a lot of the things that happened like i would sure. you know ultimately say you know one out of every three times i was on the ice against another team i was getting um uh either you know if it was you know straight racism or microaggressions right like uh yeah. it, it was it was very it was very common and like you know maybe our style of play was a little bit different as well i was a, like a big dude i like to hit people <laughs> right. like i would you know i'd crush people right like yep. um making parents stand. yeah right i mean exactly i mean parents hated me going against their kid as well right all that kind of stuff so yeah. i mean like you know i think that also contributed to like what like i was experiencing on the ice you know but like yeah like if uh I wouldn't want it to deter people per se. Like, and then I mean, actually a hundred percent, like I don't want it to deter people, yeah. but I also think we wouldn't be, we'd be doing it a disservice if we didn't tell, like yeah. tell people about that and that, you know, those kind of things happen. So yep. just, uh, yeah, bring that back. Like, yeah, you know, it isn't, you know, it isn't, uh, it isn't what hockey is about for us, but it is something that we do experience. And like, yeah. you know, ultimately in a, you know, perfect world, it, you know, is something that we want to, you know, move away from. And we'll be having just a podcast about, X, Y, and Z, who are you know absolute studs in the NHL, and they happen to be black hockey players as as well. Yep. <laughs> um, but so we're gonna let you go here. Um, but what's next for you, man? I'm just uh, my main focus is just this hockey season. Yeah. You know, it kind of feels like we're managing more managing more than one team. But you know, I got a great team behind me of like staff. So it's just on just I'm all right now. Just my focus is staying on top of the schedule, everything that's coming up. Um, you know, just want to stay organized. Um, you know, hockey season, it can be a long one, but it goes by just like that. Um, you know, and not miss what's going on at home, you know. Um, when I'm all Love done with that. the kids, <laughs> done with hockey, right, come back home, man. You know, uh, finding my second wind, uh, second wind to be with my family now, you know, not bring anything negative at home, um, you know, just separate the two. And that's it, you know, still stay in tune with family and everything. I know I can, like, kind of – I want to be like the Bill Belichick of hockey. So yeah. Like stay yeah. super late, just, you know, yeah. making practice plans and stuff, but yeah. just really just staying organized with all my tasks that I got to yeah. do. Yep. Well, again, awesome. yeah. And hopefully, like, do some more events with you guys, man. Yeah, Either come sure. to y'all practice, yeah. come to our and practice. Vice versa, man. yeah, absolutely. Oh, I stay my gosh. really close yeah. to Pastor Dale's church yep. in Northside yeah, okay. Minneapolis. Okay. So. Say no um, love, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait. We'll have to, I mean, we'll a hundred percent then have to do something. We could even maybe set up a scrimmage or something. something I mean, that something. would be, that would be incredible. So you know, we're on air. We'll something. have to hold you to that yeah. then. Uh, very cool. Yeah. So yeah, just thanks for, ha- you know, coming on and nice to meet you. Brother, brother yeah. James Toussaint, uh, really both. quick. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we have, uh, you know, the skate for free events. We have the storm. We have the Titans and the Poolers. The storm are, uh, Saturday, November fifth at Parade. The Titans are Saturday at Northeast um, Rink and uh, Parade at Northeast, and then 
the Pullers are November fifth, and as well as the Titans at North Common uh, Puller and North Common uh, Park. Richfield as well has a, a skate on November fifth, and the Joy of the Pond will be at Creek Valley. So we also want to shout out to our sponsors, uh, Youth Hockey Hub, and good luck at the Pumpkin Tournament. Uh, thank you, Tony and Peter, and also thank you to the Hockey's for Everybody uh, Anti-Bullying Workshop sponsors, Danny Downs and the Schwartz Law Firm. So thank you so much again for your time, and we look forward to our next guest. Thank you so much, everybody. Peace. Peace out. I can do what I wanna yeah.